G'day all, and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. G'day all and thanks for listening to the Football Podcast. You're here with Ash and Garns, and we're here to talk all things AFL and NBA, plus more. We're back. We're COVID-free, Ash. Yes. I don't have COVID. I'm not dying on my deathbed. Yes. I had the worst possible <laughs> symptoms ever, and you just had a measly cough and runny nose. We're back. AFLW Grand Finals around the corner. It's good to be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, AFLW Grand Final around the corner. Adelaide. Gets to host it again. Guess what? I was right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> again. Classic. And Marinoff probably is the the, the um, favourite to win the Aaron Phillips medal. And then on you top mean of Hatchard. No, no, Marinoff is now the favourite. Oh, Marinoff's yeah. taking over. Yeah, okay. she's so now. I, I was. I'm on Hatchard still. I'm still yeah. not going off her. She's had a good. She had a good start to the season. So. Anything can happen. And Daisy Pierce might get that fairytale finish for her because there's rumours that she might finish her career. Yeah, I think she'll go into the media. No, no, there's rumours that she could take the, a, the new expansion side. Yeah, okay. Watch this space. This is yeah. developing in the background. But on top of all that, the NBA playoffs are one week away. The seeding's nearly finished. It's nearly completed. We got nearly have the playing game. It looks like Phoenix Suns to lose in the Western side. And then on top of that, again, the NBL has their playoffs coming up. And AFL, round three. Port Adelaide, zero and three. That's that's a big topic yeah. in itself. So we've got massive yeah. stuff to get through today. Yep, heaps, uh, heaps to go through. There's just stuff's happening everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. But I want to start on the AFLW. Yep. The grand final at the MCG. I know you were playing your footy game, but I went to it. Yep. It was actually really good. It was very electric. And Brisbane showed champion pedigree where they they looked like they were out and about uh, out out and done, and they came back roaring back and really that last two minutes that was some good interesting footy. But I want to say this: Does Taylor Harris do teams get too focused on her defensively and let the ball go over the top? Because the amount of goals Melbourne had running into an open goal. Because they're so orient, uh, focused on That's Taylor probably Harris. another one coming to my sneaky rising star chance yeah. of, of Bannon. I wouldn't say sneaky, but like, I really think she's right up there. Yeah, I think like, she's top two. Like, I think she's she's got to be like she's she's literally a star of that Melbourne side, and mm. and 
look at how well they're going. Like, yeah. she's got to be. She actually has to be up there. Yeah, it's um, obviously out of Presparkus, Robon, and her. There's no one, yeah. no one else now. No. no, it's just those three. Yeah, but other our team, we see. Sarah. It's, see, it's really hard for for Taylor Harris because, uh, yes and no, because I think if you don't pay her that much attention, I think she can get off the off the, the off the chain and yeah. and really go like go to town on you. Yeah, but if you pay too much attention to her, then you release too much. So it's probably that catch twenty two, catch twenty two, where you've really got to get the perfect balance of getting one one up all at all times with her, but making sure you still got coverage on the ground, basically. So it's because it's, Brisbane defenders, there were three or four flying with her, yeah. leaving Demon Smalls and Bannon running into over yeah. goals up front center. So, yeah. I, I, for me, the Sarah Allen Taylor Harris matchup. Um, in the grand final, that's where they. Yeah, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a very good one. I mean, we were pretty big on Sarah Allen yeah. early in the year, and we still are. But yeah, Taylor Harris once again, we were big on her at the start of the year as well, and and I mean, it's coming, it's worked out perfectly for us going into the grand final, and and we get probably the matchup that you want to see up forward. You get probably the pretty much the midfield battle you wanted to see, um, and then yeah, I mean, well the, the midfield Adelaide, with Paxton. Taylor Hanks and um, the Paxman Tyler Hanks and then um, then obviously you have the added thing of Aaron Phillips coming in there which then shakes up Melbourne's midfield yeah I but think, the Ruck I, I think, think they, they win the Ruck Melbourne I don't think the Ruck battle is going to really determine determine much of the much of the game in all honesty I don't, I don't think either one has a dominant Ruckman I think yeah you're right Melbourne probably has the slight edge in the Rucks but I think then Adelaide probably has a slight edge in the midfield. Weird. Well, who do you ta- like? Melbourne tag. Who do they go to? Hatchard, Phillips, or Marinoff? Who who do you, would you go? See, I would if I'm see Phillips. Phillips, you probably can't tag because she's going to go forward mid. Yeah. Okay, so you can't really tag her. Marinoff is just an accumulator because and she just gets around the ground. No matter if you tag her, she's a running machine. She's just going to keep going. Hatchet is the one that you're gonna to have to tag in that in that Adelaide team, and I. Th- but I think it's just gonna be a one for one Paxman versus Hatchet. I think Paxman's gonna be the one that goes and mans her up and goes, I'm taking her and I'm gonna shut her down while still playing my game. I think she's got the defensive edge to her game, but still able to to take to go offensively as well on her. Well, the last time these two played, Adelaide got off to a flyer and yep. Melbourne tried to claw it back, but. Phillips dominated with three goals. Yep. So that might play into the back of the mind. The defence might focus in on her a bit too much because in that game they focus on Woodland, not letting her get off the chain. Yeah. Um, so Taylor Harris, Woodland on either side, yep. big key forwards. But I want to talk about the twin sisters for Adelaide in Martin and um, Rochelle. Uh, not Rochelle. Um, oh, Rachel Martin. Ra- and- <laughs> yeah, Rachel Martin and her twin sister who just got married in the off-season. They're the workhorses on the wings, whereas Melbourne's wings were very damaging against um, Brisbane. They shut yeah. out Alan Jar and um, Dwyer. I think Melbourne has the advantage on the wings. On the sure. wings, yeah. Yeah, they've got height, speed, um, and the same amount of 
dare to go in and get and can, to win can, any contested ball they need to in one on ones. Do you think they've got Melbourne got more of an advantage than Adelaide because they did play on the G with bigger ground, going to a smaller ground now in Adelaide Oval, or do you think not so much? I, I will realistically no because Adelaide it's their home ground advantage. Well, they play the majority of their game at Norwood. Yeah, but they still three grand they still together. would it still classes probably their home ground. It's in their home state. They don't yeah. have to travel. They it's still going to be an advantage to Adelaide. I have no doubt that they've been able to train on that ground. I have no doubt they've been able to do all sorts of different stuff on that ground. Yep. Um, whether it be with the with the men with whatever, but they have definitely been on that ground, so it's still a home ground advantage. Yep. They've like you said, they've played in three grand finals on it, and they know that ground. Yep. So it's going to be a, an advantage in that way to them. You know, Adelaide crowd is going to turn up. Yeah, the South Ad- South well, Australian was, teams always do. When it was Adelaide versus Carlton, they nearly got fifty thousand there. So yeah. that was before COVID, obviously. And now this time, Taylor Harris goes back with a new team with Melbourne. Daisy Pearce, literally the um, the biggest uh, name in women's footy, arguably with Aaron Phillips. Yep. You've got Aaron Phillips, Daisy Pearce. You've got Marinoff, yep. Paxson. Like the names of this game. This yeah. is, I reckon this could be the biggest AFLW Grand Final ever yeah. because of the names in it. And also because Melbourne are going for the double-double. Men's win the Grand Final, women's go for the Grand Final. Well, this this Grand Final, I think, might be that, that um, especially with all the talk of them trying to get onto the MCG and all that sort of stuff now and, and really trying to take off the game. This could be that, that pillar, that pillar Grand Final that actually takes the AFLW to new heights and because because they're both actually quite good teams they they don't have a lot of players that shouldn't be in the AFLW yeah. it's going to represent a really good brand of of the um of AFLW where even even the first round of the finals didn't really represent that because yeah. there was players out with injuries there's all COVID, that sort of stuff yeah. covid and everything where the, even last week's round of finals was still a very good showing yeah and then now you've got i think probably the two best teams for the season i have thought they were the two best teams they both play very two different brands yeah brisbane obviously were very very close to them and Fremantle was probably that slight notch back just they probably lacked that extra one to two really good players which they have coming up but they just lack those I looked at it more for Freo just the lack of chemistry with them because of yeah, the outs and, and the out COVIDs and, yeah. like there was no symmetry between the, yeah. the players I see Freo I still reckon Freo are one of the best four teams but we've got um, in I reckon this will be the best grand final in a few years to come, purely on the fact that with the expansion sides coming in, yeah. it's going to dilute the yeah, talent. It's going to change it all again. And we're not going to have these matchups. Like, in, if you look at the list when they do their teams, there is a mat, it's going to look good in every single matchup. Yeah. But I want to say, finish this off before we get on to our next topics. Put yourself in an AFLW's boots. Mm-hmm. You're a part time player, you have to work. Do you take this week off? To make sure you don't get COVID. Do 100%. Take, yeah, so Aaron Phillips. There's no there's no way you are missing a grand final. On something so... For, for anything. Yeah. Like, there's no way. If you're any sort of a footy fanatic, any sort of a footy player, there's no way you are passing so you're happy. On, on the chance of playing in a grand final, win or lose, 
chance of playing in a grand final, knowing how hard it is and knowing what's about to happen with the expansion clubs of if you're ever going to get back there. There is no way they are missing for, for COVID. So, I don't know if you heard, Aaron Phillips actually brought a caravan before their first game against Fremantle. It's <laughs> been living in a caravan for, for two weeks, so she doesn't get COVID. Um, most of Marinoff, Hatchard have said they're not working for the next two weeks. This is before the first final, so they're yep. very confident in making a grand final. Yep. It's very good for them. Um, and Melbourne are doing the same. Daisy Pierce is reluctantly, I think she'll still do her media personality stuff. Yeah. Um, but a few of the players in the team aren't working. They mm-hmm. take the week off. They're going to fly over together. So yep. this is massive. 12 o'clock Saturday. How, it helps when it's got a lot of national coverage as well. The yeah. bosses are probably fine with them taking taking the week yeah off, I, I, so. I agree i agree i remember when i played yeah. in, even in my in senior footy i know it's nothing compared to the aflw but you just go through um you're very very careful leading into the grand final you don't want anything wrong like i didn't see yeah. no needles no nah. nothing. Like, you and i didn't anything. want to get a cold or anything like that so yeah. i just shut off from the rest of the world in my last two days of the week i didn't go to work i just yeah. Stayed home, played Halo for the whole two days. But um, in all honesty, I think I love that the commitment there. But this is where I go. The AFLW needs to put make this full time wages so that sacrifice doesn't need to happen. Yeah. Even though I can understand the sacrifice, I just think yeah. start paying them because they they're gonna earn you more revenue now. And then a final. It hel- helps once again. The crowd the crowd numbers have been pretty good again this season. I think it's really helping. Like we said earlier in the in the year as well with um with well, the, memberships have gone with up. sponsorships memberships have skyrocketed all that's going to add in and and help them achieve that goal basically and if it's well, i mean it's pretty much doubled the memberships from last season or the season whenever that was calculated yeah. last it's nearly it's nearly doubled so it it's a massive achievement for the aflw as well and yeah now now we get to see probably the two best teams and I think it's going to be a really good grand final. Um, I'm exci- I'm actually really excited to watch it because it's going to be it's going to be an outstanding game, I think. And I mean, it's two different game styles as well, which is going to see how it goes. I'm looking forward to it. Your tip? I'm actually going to go for Melbourne. Oh, yeah. So you I, reckon Adelaide will double uh, lose two in a row? Look, I started no. All right, so I started off this at the start of the season, Adelaide. I've gone all the way through. Then the back end of the season, I've gone, you know what? Melbourne is just hitting their straps perfectly at the right time. They've had no real changes to their team. They're just perfectly symmetry, like you said. That's terrible English. I don't know what just happened then. <laughs> they got but perfect connection, perfect got, chemistry. Just everything is lined up perfectly for them right now. They've just come out and beaten Brisbane in the, in the final as well to make the grand final, which is... And then, so they'll be coming in with some massive confidence and momentum. And momentum. And I just think, I just think they're, I just think they're going to win. Like, yeah. I don't know why I've gone off Adelaide. I, I haven't really gone off Adelaide, but I just think that Melbourne's just over, just over the top. So I wrote a few rules back, uh, maybe six or seven years in AFL. The team that has the closer um, prelim final, yeah. I usually back them in um, for the grand final. And out of all those years, guess how many times that's paid off? Six. Six out of <laughs> six out of seven. So I've had a good, pretty good track record. Um, that's in the men's competition. The women's competition is complete opposite because Brisbane, uh, uh, not really because Brisbane beat Collingwood last year by a uh, point. 
yep. in the prelim and then they end up winning the grand final. Yeah. Um, so it's held up all right. But I I'm going against my rule and I'm going with Adelaide purely on the fact that they have three megastars in Marinoff, Hatchard and Phillips. With a close one behind in Woodland. And Sarah Allen's the fifth one as well. Yeah. So I think the stars of those teams, and they don't lose their captain like they did last year, mm-hmm. where they lost their captain. I think this is a redemption year. Yeah. I this think, is- look, it, it could literally go any, either way, but, you know, also that Melbourne's probably going to have a lot to play for for Daisy Pierce if it yep. is possibly going to be her last game, if it's going to be her last... Um, time if it's the end of her time at melbourne i yeah. mean there's a lot of things probably on both sides so like i think they've both got a lot to play for not just being the grand final but even more on top of that as well, well so best on ground best on ground i'm gonna stick with tyler hanks i think Oof. she's i think she's gonna be the one that makes or breaks the game and yeah. if she can if she if she's nailing taylor harris forward delivering um all around the ground uh, she's going to cut Adelaide open and, and that's going to be where it makes or breaks the game. I'm actually going with Hatchard. I think think she'll be best on. I reckon she won't get um, tagged because she is under an injury cloud. I think Melbourne might just, all right, maybe not go towards her like what Collingwood did with Shuey, where <laughs> Shuey was coming a bit underdone and we've got, we're going to focus on Elliot yep. Yo and then Shuey's the one that did the damage. So I'm going with um, Hatchard and I think she'll hit the scoreboard. If she hits the scoreboard, that it's done because we know Phillips will, we yep. know Woodland will, and we know the Smalls of Adelaide will. Mm-hmm. If she hits it, different story. Tyler Hanks isn't a prolific hitting the scoreboard, but if she starts doing it, then yep. I agree with you. Then it's Melbourne's. So, well, one of us is going to be very happy next weekend. But <laughs> in saying that, oh, good luck to the girls. It's a great season, and we'll quickly have a break right now, and yep. we'll get into the rest of it. Okay, Ash, we're going from the grand final coming up from the AFL Double. Let's switch co- um, codes and go to the NBA playoffs. We'll start with that. Yep. I want to start with this. At the start of the season, could you envision Brooklyn at the 10th seed <laughs> and Lakers not making the playoffs? In, in all honesty, did you envision that? Not Definitely not Brooklyn. Uh, yes, actually, I probably could have pictured Brooklyn... When Kyrie, when that all happened at the start, I could, yeah. I could have probably envisioned that. I probably but you still, thought James Harden I, and Durant I still, would carry it. See, I don't know because I still wasn't too sure on James Harden fitting in with them. But, yeah. but I thought Kevin Durant. I still thought they'd be a six seed, like yeah. around a six seed. Me too. Um, I didn't think they'd be a ten seed, and obviously Joe Harris and that going going down injured as well definitely didn't help. But they've got. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think that for them. I, I, I still probably thought they weren't going to be a top seed, but I thought they were going to be higher than tenth. Lakers, Lakers, I could kind of pick going either way, because of, so it's either going to go really good or really bad. Yeah, because because it, I once again I still probably thought they were going to go better than what they have, but seeing as how dysfunctional it has been, I. You could pick it. You could kind of see it, but you kind of couldn't see it as much as they just. I just don't think they've put it together very well at all. I think it could still work in the right. I don't know in the right strategy system. or the right system, but I just. I I think it's too LeBron heavy. I really do. LeBron think needs to release the ball. Uh, yeah, like look at. I mean, today is a perfect example of 
Westbrook playing exactly how he used to play. Mm-hmm. Like he was finishing at the rim. He was. He didn't have to shoot that many threes because he's getting looks at the basket because he's going in. 27-point triple-double, you know, because the ball was moving. Mm-hmm. The ball was actually moving. It's a much better team to watch. It's a much better um, play to watch because yep. they're not just standing there going, LeBron, when are you going to give us the ball? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> or are you going to go for your 40 tonight to try and win the scoring title? You know, like, that's that's all it is. Like mm. that, You can very clearly see that that is how it has worked out now and not so much that LeBron was probably trying to win the scoring title at the start of the season. But halfway through the season, he went, he started going for it. Yeah. Because he's like, okay, these guys can't fit in with my game style, so I'm just going to play this and not actually... Like, everyone goes on about Russ needs to change, Russ needs to change, blah, blah, blah. How about LeBron changes? How about LeBron changes his game style and, and sinks in with the guy that he's recruited? Yep. Yeah, he, he's the main driver to get Westbrook. But let's get away from Lakers. Yeah, uh, I don't, I just I don't know wanted, why we always go back to them. <laughs> I, I just wanted to see if you thought that that was the case. But I want to start with this. Could you, I say Phoenix is probably the best chance of making the Western Conference Finals? Do you agree? I mean, yeah. Yep, yep do you agree? Do, do you yes, think they've got to be the best chance. Yes. They're the best chance. What happens if the Clippers get Paul George, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, and Norman Powell back and they finish in the eighth seed? How upset would you be if you're the Phoenix Suns? Now I say that in a, I'm asking the competitor Ash, not the not the um, analyst ana, uh, anal, analyzing what we're just talking about. The competitor, would you care about that? Not at all, because you're the best team, correct? Yes, but also then if you add in some sort of analysis, you've got to be looking at it. Kawhi hasn't played all year. Yeah, Paul George hasn't got, hasn't played for half, at least half the season. They don't have that much. They don't, they can't keep that as good a touch as you would want them to be. Yep. As much as they can do stuff in training, they're not going to be match fitness. They're not going to have all that stuff. So they're really going to struggle in stretches from what they usually would be able to put out on the on the court. So coming even even if they come back, I still I'm still confident to win. Yep. No, I, I'm just but so I, but right. in saying that. You've still got to be shattered that they're back because anything can then happen if they're playing. Well, let's put it this way. If Kawhi was playing last year, Phoenix Suns wouldn't have made the finals. No. So I look at it as Booker then has Paul George guarding him. And then if they really want to clamp things down, Kawhi, go guard CP. Mm-hmm. And Norman Powell, you guard you guard Bridges. Like it, They don't lose anything, really, if you no. think about it. They don't... So, Realistically, they can match up. But Reggie Jackson's a pretty good defender as well. So yeah, but have... I'm talking about if you want to stifle yeah, but Chris then, Paul, yeah. put George or Kawhi. Because then Chris Paul can't. Chris Paul's one that runs that offense. Yeah. Like if we're looking at matchup wise, if I'm going coach Hadley, oh on, yeah, hundred percent. I'm yeah, going yeah, at Chris yeah. Paul, put my best defender on Chris Paul, and if Booker gets off the chain, but I if I'm if I'm Ty Lue, which he's done a fantastic job this season, yep. he's got two of the best five perimeter defenders in the league. Yeah. In Paul George and Kawhi, and anyone can try and argue with me, those two are the ones that shut down LeBron in his peak. So don't yep. even argue with, yeah. with me that. All right. So, but if I'm Phoenix, the competitor side of me goes, yeah, I'm a bit scared. The, an- the analyzing side of it, I go, that's a bit scary matchup, just yep. a bit. But I think Phoenix Suns will get through pretty easy. But Golden State. <coughs> Just coughing at the end of the end of this run, they're just getting there. Yeah, but you know what? 
as much as yes they are they've kind of rotated their crew around to which we re- said to they give should him, to give him rest to also to get to get minutes into them all so they're all prepared for playoff um i, I think they're still going to be fine I, I think everyone's you cannot write off that golden state team yeah. they've got too many weapons and that like the only reason that they see this is this is what I don't understand is because they've got some absolute insane offensive weapons and they're getting written off. Yeah. Just just because they're sort of limping into the finals a little bit, but then if you look at it over the other side, the Nets are still rated as one of the favourites to win <laughs> yeah. the East and all they have is, is offensive weapons. Steph can go off just as much as Kevin Durant. Clay, Clay can, can go, go off, off just as much as Durant. Kaminga, Jordan Poole. Poole is proving that he can go off just as much, maybe not just as much, but pretty close to like probably that next tier down to what those guys can go crazy. Yeah. Like then you've got the added element of if Draymond Green is just sort of getting his body right coming into finals, and then when it gets to finals, you know what kind of Draymond Green you're going to get. Competitor. Exactly. There's no way he's losing a game easy. So. And if they manage to get Andrea Godala, that's just going to end if he is somewhat healthy and he can, and maybe they're just letting him rest until the playoffs so he comes in fresh. He's going to add some def- defense. He's going to add some competitive spirit. Like they've got, they've got tools. They've got weapons that they can use, and they've got a lot of them. Even their young guys in Kaminga, Moody, all these guys Paul, still, still, still right, right there. Like Paul, Paul. You, He's he's a starting he's a starting player. I yeah. wouldn't even add him into the extra weapons. He's just yeah. he's just a weapon. So let's go back four months ago. You asked me who the true contenders are. Yep. I think Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State have held up pretty well. Agreed. Yep. Yep. I don't think I think Dallas could be the sh- that dark horse yeah. team with Luca. Luca is just. On a tear. We'll, we'll get into Luca in a second. Yeah. But, but yeah. Denver, are, we're not sure that they're, they're another. What if sort of thing if Jamal Murray comes back, Mike Porter Jr. Comes Honestly, back. with how Jokic is playing though and coming up against a lot of those teams, they can't stop him. Yeah, so but still that, he still happen. dominated Phoenix last year in the semis, and Phoenix swept them. Yeah, so I go. But they're you, they're a different team again this season. Agree. So, but Utah I'm not writing them off. Utah on some bad, bad but, form. Yeah. they're looking terrible. I can't see Minnesota doing it. Like Edwards carries himself like he's one. You know six what rings. though? You know what though? Minnesota is playing some epic basketball right now. Yeah. They are coming into the playoffs hot and ready. Well, to they go. might sneak sneak the six seed, and yeah. Utah will fall to the to the playing. And yeah. you could not envision that three four months ago. You thought no. Utah were one of the better teams. Yeah. And then you got Clips, New Orleans. I, I mean, I still don't understand how Utah aren't. They haven't. All they've lost is Ingles, really. And they. That's a big out. Uh, it is a big out because it it doesn't like it allows the other teams to go at Jordan Clarkson and um, Conley and not so much Conley because he's he, probably more more stifles their offensive ability when Jordan Clarkson is not in the game because Jordan. Uh, uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Ingles really added that length on defense and offensive power when when he, he played, was on. So he, yeah, he and he was plays. yeah. So and it allowed somebody else to make plays where yeah they they're really they are they are really missing him and so I agree yeah and then but and then I said um, Bucks Nets Heat yep do you still agree with those three no which one do you disagree I think Heat 
You don't, you're not buying into the heat. No. Can we? All right. That real. I thought you would have said Nets. Honestly, thought you would have said Nets because I've cancelled well, Simmons ain't playing. Well, even even Nets, well, I'm not very confident on, but I'm still I'm still keeping him up there because if you got KD and the way Kyrie's played this season, you can't write him off. Okay, and yep. and Seth Curry's an added bonus as well. There and now. how Drummond and Drummond's playing. been playing really well. So yeah, you, you've got you've got all those factors where. I can still see them winning it. After what I say now, we never talk about them again. Okay, I think you might know. That's our new rule in the podcast. We won't talk about this team. Philly. Not Philly, not Philly, because I like to hang shade on it. Okay, that's okay. Celtics. You know me, Lake, being a Lakers fan, I hate the Celtics, but I have to respect game when I see it. They're, you know you know what they, who they remind me of? Our teams when we play, because they're scrappers. They're literally yep. dogs, the hard to defend play against because they fight for every I've never seen Tatum or Jalen Brown they're playing like a Marcus Smart and yeah. we did our redraft with Mitch yeah, and he took Marcus Smart <laughs> he might have been on something like yeah. he's playing as a point guard he might be on something here but in all honesty Celtics are playing some bloody great defence and we both love good D yeah. could you see them winning I don't think I could but I don't think it's this season. I think they've found a formula now to go on with, and yep. now now they've found that formula rather than all this talk about these guys can't work together. Blah blah blah. Now it's what can we add to these guys to make us that ultimate championship yep. team. Well, I look at it the the Chicago Bulls model, and I'm not saying Tatum's Jordan and yeah, Browns yeah, yeah. Pippen. That, that's a far fetch yep. thing. Like, I know that. But it's a good starting two. Yeah. Look, Mark Smart was Ron Harper. They had um, John Paxson as their as that third big shot player, yep. and then Horace Grant and Dennis Rodman with the Rob Williams. But obviously, Rob Williams going down with injury. But then they've got brought in. Oh, what's that? Tice. Oh, what's that? They brought in Al Horford. Al Horford. That familiar plays in a familiar system, making some chemistry. I like that about the Celtics. Although I'm very concerned about. Rob Williams going down. Don't know how he's going. Supposedly he's going to be back for round two, though, anyway. So. I don't believe but, Big but, men take a long time to get healed. Yes, but they've also got the guys there that can still cover for that spot. And Al Horford <laughs> rejuvenated his career. I, I think I think he, he... I don't think he really needed that, but the OKC break kind of has helped him. A like little them, bit, yeah. Them not playing him has kind of helped him. And then going back to the Celtics where he knows how to play and how's knows everyone, the guys there. How's everyone bagging out um, uh, uh, Celtics for getting rid of Kemba Walker for Al Holford? Yeah. How, how's that age? Not very well because Al Holford's actually been very dominant. Yep. And Kemba Walker has been Useless. irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. So, but look, out of these... Three teams, four. I'm gonna say, oh, I'll say five teams. Okay, out of these five teams, if you're in the first round of the playoffs, which yep. team are you the scared, uh, scared of on the East? All right, you've got Chicago, the most scared, the most scared of Chicago, yeah. Toronto, Atlanta, Charlotte. Which one are you the most scared of? It's four. Easy. Yeah, I, I took out Brooklyn because I think that's obvious. Yeah, um, probably gonna to say Toronto. Because once again, they're very they're similar, very similar to Celtics, and they're scrappers, and they're starting to play some good offense. And who Siakam's back? Yeah, but the other guy making a massive push for for the uh, rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes. Barnes. Man, he's been insane the last two months. 
he that it's like they've almost given him the keys going it's yours and Siakam's team yeah. good luck well I think they just say Siakam you're back to the number two where yeah. you're more comfortable with Scotty you run the show yeah and run the oh show man is he like I was on him at the start and I've got I mean he's a, he's a good defender he's like he's a good it's proven he's a good playmaker he's, he can score when he wants to score like he's got all the traits now and and I think them allowing him to take over because they were struggling, it's just then gone, oh, wait, actually, we're a team here. Yeah. Like, we're, we're wait, we can contend <laughs> with this guy. Like, I think this playoffs is going to be more interesting than not in terms yeah. of the potential of the upsets. Because I've, I've in my time of following the NBA, there hasn't been um, the potential of upsets like this. You go, oh, yeah, they could win one or two. No, no, I'm talking about they, these teams could win the series. I can see a, yeah. a Toronto team winning a series. I can see the Atlanta Hawks, who's on a five-game winning streak. Oh, they're on you. fire as well. Yeah. Like, and that's why I didn't see Brooklyn dropping back down to the ninth or tenth seed. They're tenth right now. Yeah. No, I know they're tenth now, but I, I didn't see them dropping down to even the ninth seed. They were they were in the eighth seed. Yeah. They were they were starting to. KD was obviously back. KD and Kyrie starting to get a bit familiar again, and then. Then all of a sudden, I know, they have played just, some some tough sides. Yeah, they've had a couple of like close losses and stuff. But Atlanta's then just taken over and yeah. they've they've gone off again. And yeah, it's hard to Atlanta's a hard team to to get a put your finger on. Really, like you don't know how they're going to go. To be honest, like they're so up and down. There, well, I think Trace, anything can Trace happen. Found his groove. I think John Collins is back in his normal self. I think with. I, Unfortunately, because I love this player in Reddish. Yeah. With him going, it's freed up Herder, Bogdan, and Hunter. Yeah, they, I, they freed up their I minutes. Think, I think it's also when they were all going, it was like the you know that old the old thing of the continuity of game. Like yeah. If if you cut off five minutes for all those guys, that five minutes could be where their rhythm is. Like, so you've taken that away from all of them to give Cam Reddish 15 to 20 minutes yeah. as well. They all lose that five minutes of rhythm where they could get in a rhythm and then they can take it off because that's their minute rotation. They had too so, many players. Yeah, exactly. So. Right, and people go, oh, but Atlanta should have won because look at what Grizzlies, because they go 12 deep. Well, no, Grizzlies just put a player... They don't go 12 deep. They just have enough that have the right personnel for the right games. Yeah. You'll find in the playoff series that... Maybe Conchur, Conchur, K O N C H A R. Yeah, that'd be Conchur. Yeah, Conchur. Um, he might not get a game in a series, but the next game he'll be starting or something like that. It's just relevant to yeah. who you're playing. Whereas Atlanta were forcing the minutes, whereas yeah. Grizzlies are. They know um, where they're at. Yeah, basically, and which is insane for a young team to to be where they're at. Yep. Um, before we go any further, yep. I just want to go to Dallas because Luca is. I mean, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago, but holy shit, he just he's just he's another level. Like he's he's gonna be as much as he, I don't think he's winning the MVP or anything like that. Nah, maybe maybe next year if he plays like this next if year, he comes into season in four and, and like if he if he does it from from day one and does it all the way, but he's put himself right in contention still. For this season, and what he did today, and and everything like we were speaking about earlier on the phone against Milwaukee, like with Giannis and and that they're starting to play Milwaukee basketball, and he just he just dissected the whole team. Yeah, 
Like he just he's just disi- dissecting every team. We're and... talking about the best two A player in the league in Giannis. Yeah. And he made him look like a fool on the defensive end. You don't do that to Giannis. He, I'll agree with Bill Simmons. He looks bored and just makes up fun as he goes along. Yeah. But what I will say about the Dallas Mavericks is they took the punt on getting rid of Pazingas. Yeah. Right? And now, I know you like Pazingas, but it actually freed up the whole uh, the whole I'm, team. I'm, I'm, I, was, I already admitted I was completely wrong about that trade. But I think that's where everyone looks in the NBA, where we're looking at it differently, whereas Dallas were looking at it, they zagged when we zigged. Like, yeah. they, got, they got enough shooters around him, they got enough running gunners, they got enough other guards to help him out when it gets... Instead of Luca holding the ball for twenty seconds, he's holding it for thirteen seconds in the in the twenty four second shot clock, and getting shots. And Dinwiddie and Brunson, they are a good left right combo coming off yeah. of Luca KO. Like they're yep. very good in a, in punching. And Dwight Powell's looking great. Bertans coming off See, the bench is looking good. Maxi Kleber. You know what? I think Dwight Powell is actually that added thing, and um, I haven't really mentioned him for a while either, but. I really rated Dwight Powell two, three seasons ago Me before too, his yeah. Achilles injury. And he was flying and he's looking like starting to get back into that kind of that kind of form, that kind of gameplay of actually being not an elite guy, not a not a star of the team, but that more the uh, above average role player of being able to Defend multiple positions. Being being able to just provide what your team needs at a really high quality level. I call the... He's a perfect player that I call um, uh, the the unknowns or... Sorry. The jack of all... um, What is it? Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. He's athletic. He can play big if he needs to. He can shoot outside. Yep. He's not a master in any of them. He's just a hard matchup because you've got to respect it because at any time he's get a... And because he's so springy, like he's very... Bangs yep. up, jumps up, gets rebounds real quick. Very active on the defensive. His hands are lightning quick as well. Yeah, He's just a, a good athletic big man. And they're very... There's a lot of them, but because he um, puts the effort all the time in, makes him unique in it. He's, he's a very different... There's yeah. not many players like him. Yeah. Like I know everyone loves Aiton at the moment, how good he yeah. is. But Dwight Powell is a bit smaller, a bit faster. He got a better shot outside than Aiden. Like it, it, he does help. But I, yeah. I love that you brought Luca up because it leads me on to yeah. my next. Well, well, just before we get yeah. off them though, as well the the one thing I'm worried about them is when they come up against a Philly. If they happen to come up against, say, a Philly or something, obviously they can't in, in the playoffs run. And let, but a Philly with a big centre yeah. or something like that that can really dominate them in that way. But with their know. team, but with their team defense, it kind of accounts for all that as well. And that's what's. But see, I'll the look West at doesn't it. really have anyone like that either. It, no. Uh, they have a Jokic, but he's but, not. He's not a dominant inside so player. Big, but there's is a Towns. But I'll tell you what Dallas will do to those bigs without playing defense. They'll push the tempo if they have to play against an Embiid. Yeah. Because Embiid don't want to run up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up. And down. Yeah, exactly. They, they'll push the tempo. They'll make him run. They'll make him unfit. Yeah, they grind out their offensive possessions. But when they have players like Embiid, anytime they get on the break, they're going. And let's be honest, James Harden's not guarding anyone. No. 
There's no way they no, can't. Not, not when they get going like that anyway. Uh, let's have another quick break and then uh, we'll continue on yeah. with the NBA. Like I said, Ash, I liked how you brought Luca up and the MVP chats. Nick Wright. We're back on it. Yeah. We're back on MVP chat. Yep. Nick Wright has an MVP ladder and it's yep. a picture of a ladder. Yep. I know, and then he's got the players and then six spots in front of second up the ladder, he has Jokic. <laughs> I disagree with that man. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Here's my point. There is two contenders in my eyes for MVP. Still Jokic and Giannis. Jokic and Giannis. Embiid has fallen away. He he was playing good, good in that. Like I'll give him credit. He has been very good, but since Harden's come there, he's he's still dominant, but he's not the best player. Let yeah. put it that way. And when he went up against Giannis, Giannis gave him a touch up. I'm yeah. just saying. I don't know. I'm big on yeah. Giannis. He's my favorite player in the league. There's no one better than him in my eyes. Yeah. But in a have to respect game with Jokic, because he it's has not that far apart though. No, no way. No, but what he's done in that team, like, can you honestly? He has a worse team than what LeBron James has, and he's got them into the fifth seed or sixth seed. Or I, look, I'm not knocking. Like I said, Jokic isn't that far ahead though. When when you look at it like this, when Giannis doesn't play in that Milwaukee team, they suck. Yeah, they suck. Now, I know he's got Drew Well, the same argument can be with Jokic. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not, that's what I said. Jokic already has that argument, though. Yeah. Everyone's already using that argument for Jokic. And B kind of has the same argument because he's also had, before Harden came there, he, his best player was, his second best player was Seth Curry. Yep. Like, realistically. Or you could say Maxi as well. Yeah, Maxi is, the, yeah, but he's a, what, a second year player? Yeah. Or? Yeah. And then, then you got Tobias Harris. Like you haven't really got a great starting lineup. Yeah. So he's also got that thing. He's also got it. He does as much as Jokic has his two guys out that are on max contracts or whatever. And B didn't even have those guys, or he's got one guy that's on a max contract just sitting out the season. So and B has that. But then you also look at it as much as Giannis has his guys playing. But when they play, they win. When Giannis plays, they still win. If Giannis doesn't play, they lose. Yeah, like they, they can't, they can't replace Giannis. Like they just can't. Whatever game style they have, whatever they play, when Giannis isn't in the team, they suck. I think you've got to put in consideration the defensive allowance on the defensive end. Yeah. So, so the thing that's impact helping Jokic right now is his his defense has gotten a hell of a lot better in yeah. the last two seasons. His net rating and, is. Yeah. So, but that's. I think that's also because they get back on defense as well. Yeah. They really get back and and actually defend as a team. Like they're they're a bit like Dallas and they just defend as a team. Well, that's what Mike Malone is, preaches. Yeah. He's a defensive orientated coach. He's oh mate. Yeah. No, I, I love I love this argument and this is where I hope there's a dual MVP yeah. because I'm not going to be disappointed with whoever wins it. No. But for the legacy battle, because I really think. Milwaukee and go back to back. I want Giannis to win MVP because he will win the finals MVP. Yeah. And then we're talking about a player that could potentially be better than LeBron James because he's two and zero into into um, in, the finals. in the finals. He's also um, three time MVP winner and a two time Defensive Player of the Year. Where's LeBron's awards at in the defense? No uh, way. Just all first team. But but then also. I mean, he's right there with the scoring title. Like, yeah. he he's so close to literally a perfect season. And right now, 
the, the league is actually pretty star-studded. Like, there's a lot of guys that are playing some epic basketball that... And that's that's not even counting for Paul George and Kawhi, who Paul George was playing at a pretty much an MVP caliber season. You had yeah, Kawhi, Kawhi was obviously injured. Then you've got um, Memphis Jars coming up to be a, a star well, of the, of, we of the league. First team? Golden State is going to be yep. like they've got Steph, they've got Draymond who is getting into the Defensive Player of the Year as well. Miami, I don't think they have a star player, and that's where I think they fall. That's why I think they fall. That's why I think they fall off in that in that regard as a real contender because they don't have a superstar player that can just turn the game on its head. Really, I think they have the identity of a champion team. They have a good without. Yes, correct. Um, But then, yeah, then you've got obviously Jokic. You've got Embiid. Really, you can put in Harden as much as I don't like to. Uh, if he does turn it on, he can be. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Luca. The list goes on and on and on. Like There's star players everywhere in the league now. And Well, let's just do our All-NBA first team right now. Yep. Pick your two guards right now. Oh. Exactly. <laughs> exactly my point. Because you have, you have to put Chris Paul. I reckon you have to put Chris Paul or Booker in there, correct? You have to have one of them. In and then there. you've got to go Luca. See... I mean, right... Because then, if you do you that... See, it's so hard, right, because... And that's what I hate about all this being discussed all throughout the season, right, is because... The ebbs and flows yeah, of the season. Of, realistically, if you put it first half of the se- Like, if you just put it like this, right? First half of the season, Steph yeah. is better than Luca. Second half of the season, Luca is better than Steph. Steph. Where do you split it? Realistically, as much as... Obviously, you could break it down a lot more than that, but... Steph had an insane first half, and he was top of the MVP ladder. Yeah, Durant was top of the MVP ladder. Everybody is forgetting that those two guys were leading the whole MVP charge until they both got injured. What about DeRozan? DeRozan. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not forgetting about DeRozan, but well, I'm just saying let's, those let's those say... two guys though were out and out in front of even Giannis and Jokic yep. and Embiid. Like they were out and out in front of them at the start of the season. They were dominant, and you couldn't stop them. Well, let's put it on the center. Which center? Out of Embiid and Jokic. Well, Jokic has to get it for me. Like Jokic, if, that if means, you can only that means pick... Embiid has yeah, it goes all NBA second team just yep. because of the center. Now people go, oh, that's bullshit. You should probably just put the like them in yep. forward and center. But you know what? Back in the early two thousands, you had Timmy D, you had Kevin Garnett, you had um, Dirk Nowitzki, and you had Chris Webber, which you didn't really get to see him play, but he was the best passing big man I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, go for two forward spots. Yeah. And then on top of that, you got to add LeBron James, who was a forward as well, yeah. coming in through the ranks. And then Kevin Durant in the last part of it. Yeah. Like, there's going to be arguments and players missing out on those forward or in, in all those positions. I agree with you. Jokic gets the centre. I reckon the forward is Giannis. I reckon the other forward is... Probably got to be DeRozan. Oh, I'm going to push back on this one. Let's see. Yeah, I'm going to push back a little bit on this one. We're, th- we're talking about DeRozan, yep. and he's had a great, great season. Yep. But LeBron James, you ha- I, you know me, I don't like him. No. Nah. But he's a DeRozan. scoring champ. But he's a scoring champ. It doesn't matter. But it does. In all, in, only one player has ever not made an All NBA first team, being the scoring title winner. Yep. And I don't care <laughs> because LeBron James should. Look at look at his team's record, and once again, I'm not big on 
the whole game style and gameplay is terrible is for LeBron. Yeah, it's perfectly designed for LeBron. It doesn't matter. Again, I'll push and, back. And once the again, the coach is a defensive coach with offensive yeah. play, so it's never going to work. I I know that. Yeah. I I'm all fine with that, and that's your own stupid GM's fault and everything like that. They've fuck you, Plinker. There's just everything wrong with the Lakers. Yeah, but get away from Lakers. Um, but then you could, no, are you then Durant. Durant, yes, Durant. Durant is still, or has uh, he missed too many games? He's probably missed too many games to get above those two. Yeah, but he's definitely your third. He's hundred yeah. percent your third. So let's go. All right, Jokic. So I would have, I would still have DeRozan over LeBron purely because he's done it in a better team. He's done it with. Like where a lot of the guys were injured and he's held up the team. He's done it on both ends. He's done it, and he's not far behind. He's close. Like he's obviously closer in the MVP race because of everything that he's done throughout the season. So we go clutch points, everything like that. So there we go. Jokic, um, Giannis, DeRozan, Booker. I think you've got to have Booker over CP3. As yep. much as CP3 is probably more important to that team, I think Devin Booker's had a and better season. Luca or Ja? See, that's probably the toughest. That's oh. that's honestly probably as much oh, out of the the, the argument the, is the centers, the centers yeah. and the point guard. Yes, I agree. But the things that Ja has done this season is still insane. But I'm going to have to go with Luca. Luca's definitely played himself into that, into so the first team. So then we go... Second team. Jar and Chris Paul for the two guards? Or is there another guard that we're not thinking of? There's probably another guard we're not thinking of, let's be real. But but those two are probably the best. You've also got Donovan Mitchell. Which I don't uh, think he will get it. I don't think so either. I'm just trying to think of what other guards we, we've got got that are there you Steph could, Curry's obviously gotten injured so he can't he, he can't go Trey Young as much as he can't be Trey Young is out you um, can't go um, uh, um, you can't go can't go Drew Holiday yeah, you can't go that see you can't go Kyrie he's missed too many games you can't go um, I think yeah, it's, it's just it's basically got to be Jar and CP3 and then like a Steph Steph, Steph basically would have been there yeah. but because of injuries and, and everything, yeah, he's, he's obviously dropped down. But once again, LeBron once Durant again, if you look at the first half of the season, Steph was the, Steph was locked locked into the first. I team. would have said Ricky Rubio would have been locked for the third team before yeah. he got injured as well. Yeah. And then you got to think of Garland as well. So there's a lot of players yeah. all on top. Well, my but point, yeah, those guys aren't up to Jar and Luke and no. and CB three. My either. point is mm-hmm. that Giannis. It's going to make another all-first NBA team. Yep. And he's he is becoming the out-and-out true leader of the best player in the league. I thought Durant and Giannis were on an island by themselves. But because of the health of Durant, I think he's two islands down the river. Whereas I think Giannis is by I'd himself. I'd say two. I'd say maybe one. But, yeah, I think... But, Yo- but we look, go, but Yoki, let's, let's Yoki, go back to Jokic is right there. I've got to. You've got to put Jokic right there with it. As much as he's a different kind of star to those guys, Jokic has got to be there with the amount of sheer work that that guy does for that team, yeah. and the amount of stuff that he does with scoring, rebounding, and assisting abilities is just like 
insane. But like, so it's got to be Giannis, and then I think, I think just a tier below, on not even not even a tier, maybe half a tier down is Durant and Jokic. Yeah, pretty much on par now, I think. Uh, but all right, let's move on from the let's, NBA. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at it going. I could keep going on with this, but we better not. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk about one team in the AFL, just yeah. one, and I started in the intro. I'm going to say this, agree, disagree, slap me in the face, or something stupid, okay? Okay. Is Port Adelaide the next Freo Dockers from 2016? Because Freo were the best team in the whole league the year before. Yep. Fife gets injured. Hawthorne beat them. Hawthorne in the grand final. The next year, Freya went down the crapper and finished in, well, I think it's third last or something like that. Yep. Is that the same? I don't th- I don't think it is. Uh, I think they have had a, as much as they lost to Adelaide, that are they, but Adelaide's been pretty but that, lucky. But that's a showdown. So yeah. let's count that yeah. as a final. Yeah, and, and Adelaide's been pretty good. So far at the start of the season. And it has happened in recent seasons as well with North, with Adelaide, the bottom sort of tier teams. It might even be a Hawthorne this season where we tout them as a bottom a bottom tier team. They come out firing because they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder going, we're not a bottom tier team, blah, blah, blah. First half of the season, they go, they're pretty competitive and then they slowly drop off. Just injuries. Either injuries, like, so they don't have the depth or anything. Young guys start getting a bit more tired, a um, bit sore, yeah. you know, all that stuff comes into play as the season goes on. It's a, it's, it's a long season, so as that stuff goes on, that stuff happens. Port Adelaide, look at their team, and like I've told you before, Charlie Dixon is a massive, massive out for them. And he's out for a little while still. Yeah. So they're going to have to find something else that, that I makes look up at it, for that. I look at it. They've got enough key forwards. And decent. Yeah, it's, decent. Nah, it's not It's not the same as... But they I, have still arguably one of the best midfielders in the game. Oh, they're, that's what... They're, but the other thing for them is their back line. Their yeah. back line is a bit slow. They actually... They really can't go with some of the star-studded forward lines in the competition at the moment, and that's what's really hurting them. But I also think that's because their pressure is nowhere near as what it was last, last season. Last two seasons. Yeah, and and that's the difference where they're mm-hmm. really struggling to to put together what they did last season for four quarters. You see glimpses still, and but the team they've got, they just there's no way they're staying down that long. Like yeah. even their young guys coming up with George Yardis, um, Rosie, Rose, Rosie Butters, and um, uh, what's his uh, Yeah, so you, you got all those guys, and you still got both playing at elite level. Ollie Wines, um, Scott Lesser still going okay. Houston's going really well still. Burton, you've got when he's healthy. You've got all these guys. They're gonna come good. It, it, you can't jump off them just yet, but they've got to fix it quick. And I think they've really got to find something that fixes it in their forward line because that's where it's falling down. Well, Finn Layson coming in, we all thought that no. was a missing link. No. But, let's... Like, but that, that's a missing link if Charlie Dixon is in the team. And that's that's what I'm saying to you. Charlie Dixon is a massive, massive, massive loss for them because it, it ruins their whole link-up play. It ruins their whole contest. So if they go for a kick down the line, there's no one there anymore. They don't have that outlet. They don't have that, that release kick, basically. So let, let, let's talk about Thursday night game. The versus the Demons at home. Yeah. Win or loss. 
Without, look, look, just go. I mean, you're going to have to say a loss. But... Yeah, so they're 0 and 4, all right? Yep. Then round five, they go down to um, the MCG mm-hmm. versus the Carlton side. Could be another loss. 0 and 5. Yeah. Now the heat's on. Now the scoreboard oh, gets on. Yeah, yeah. Then round six, they verse West Coast. That's a win. I agree. I think so. Depending but on what West Coast What come team. out. Yeah, yeah, because it's at Adelaide Oval, and West Coast have dominated at Adelaide Oval. So, But it's also a matter of what West Coast injury list is looking yeah, like. Yeah, I agree with that. But let's say they win that. They're, yep. one, they're yep. one and five. Yeah. At round six, if I said to you at the start of the season, Port Adelaide are one and five, you go, <laughs> nah, mate. Like, you could see three and three yeah. with they played Brisbane yeah, but and Melbourne. Yeah, I'd still be fine with them with that start to the season as much as they probably should have won against Adelaide, but they really should have been, at, say, at round six with what they've got. They, yeah. should be, they should be able to snag at least one of those games as well, like from the ones you just said, but with how they should be playing. So they should be 2-4 or 3-3, three and three and you'd be happy with them at that with the start that they've had to... And let's just say they're one in five. Mm-hmm. They got St Kilda, then they've got yeah. the doggies, and then they got Geelong. Yeah, so, that's so they the, could they that, could potentially be two and eight. Ash, they very by round ten. They very well could be, and that's the and if they pip two games, that's a that, beauty though, of this season and all the teams in the comp. And even, like I said, North Melbourne and West Coast right now are probably the exceptions. But everyone else in the comp, you can lose to. Yep. Does it does not matter if you don't turn up and play your best footy, you're losing. But and again, Port Adelaide at round 10, 2 and 8. Yeah. I, I, do don't, you, I still don't think they're going to be 2 and 8. They'll, I guarantee you they'll they'll turn around, they'll pick some wins. You heard that listeners is guaranteed by Ash. Yep. We know when Ash guarantees, it usually happens. So yep. we're going they'll, to... They'll pip some wins. So they'll, like, even if they're... They might may well be 4 and 6. But they they, could, they'll, they'll snag a couple of the wins. If they're 3 and 7, you're a bit more optimistic? Uh, no. If they're 2 they've, they've got to be, yeah... Two, probably if they're three and seven, they're in real strife. If they're, but once again, you can still turn it around from there because once again, you could still beat any team coming out week to week. So it, it can still be turned around, but you've got to be, you probably want to be looking to try and be around the five five. Well, to be fair, they should have been three and zero. They should. They be. should have. They should have beaten Brisbane at Brisbane. That was a shocking game. Yep. Um, then they should have beaten Hawthorne at home. And they should have beaten Adelaide. Adelaide. Yep. They should be three and eight, and we've got Melbourne yep. versus. Correct, but Port. sometimes but, that's the way some some seasons go for some people, and they miss the eight by a bee stick yep. because they've because they've lost all of their close games, or they've only won one out of five close games, or so if they're two if, out of seven. Let's say they're four and six at round ten. Mm-hmm. They'll have an easier schedule because they played a few tough teams. Yep. They go, yeah, I'm comfortable with them making a the bottom the fourth between fifth and eighth. Like, yeah. I can't see yeah. making the top four from that position, yeah. but I can guarantee they'll make a, a finals in a low position yeah. or ladder. So that, that's still a, that, that's I, still I, okay in this in this type of season. I think anyone can win from anywhere, to be, to be honest. So I'm pretty com- I'm pretty comfortable if they can get around the fifty percent mark to to forty percent mark. I think they're still going to be okay to to make a push for the finals. Okay. Uh, my next my next couple of things, and you get a laugh at my last team that I bring up. Mm-hmm. All right, so my second team, Richmond, panic, not panic. St Kilda just had the momentum, got the win, and the matchup of Grimes getting injured, 
I think you've got to slowly. I think you're starting. I wouldn't say you're going to panic, but you're going to put your hazard lights on. Basically, yeah. just yep. go. Oh, something's not feeling right about the the engine. The lights coming on. Something might not be right. Maybe let it cool off for yep. for a week and see how it comes back. But with Dusty in the air, up in the air, with Grimes injury cloud again, with um, you know, start all their guys get they're older this season, so they're, they're not going to bounce back. So. It, all this stuff's kind of adding up. The younger guys aren't really taking over, yep. which is probably what we more thought, that we more thought that some of these guys are going to start taking over and then say maybe, for example, if Dusty was playing, Dusty would be going more forward and Shea Bolton's playing more midfield minutes or something like that. But it's really not working out like that at the moment and they're really struggling to get um, any any advances in some of the younger guys and that's where that's where they're lacking right now because they haven't had that up and coming yep. players come up and push for spots or pushing guys out or like a Nathan Jones from Melbourne like to have him missing a grand missing your grand final where I guarantee you they wanted him in there but you can't squeeze him in because the young guys are going no stuff that we're there's playing. actually a, a good podcast on Nathan Jones he talks about it in detail but that's someone else. We're not promoting anyone else here. <laughs> but um, the other team, Essendon, panicking, not panicking. I'd be panicking for Essendon. I, well, I, I, I thought not, this was going to happen. So did I, but that's what I'm, I just don't... I think they just had a fluke year last year, and they, I don't think they're... They were they're, gifted with teams falling in injury, and the winning yeah, when but, they had to win. And the they, but it was the fact that they played out of their skin at the perfect time to get those wins when they needed them on the board, and they just scraped into the finals. Like I, I really don't... See what how you can put them at a top tier team. They don't have the star power that a lot of these other teams have. They don't yep. have those extra. Well, players. a lot of them look terrible. Yeah, literally, the only the only probably real positive coming out of Essendon right now is Peter Wright, and he's playing some he's playing some good footy again. Well, I wanted him at Collingwood. So did I. I thought he was a very good yep. model keep, but I do like how Kruger in his one half a game <laughs> that he yeah. played. No, no, but like Essendon, Essendon, you've. You've got to... I mean, Andy McGrath is a good player. Darcy Parrish is a good player at times, but can be very... Hot and cold. Not so much hot and cold, but can be very loose with the ball and not deliver. Jai Coldwell is very up and down. Dylan Shield can be very loose with the ball. You have, you've got... You've got some good ball winners in your midfield, but you haven't got a lot of users. And when you're relying on Stringer to be your number one guy in that team, that's when you call him for the alarm bells because he's if if he's your number one guy, he can be so hot and cold that how do you know when you're going to play well or when you're not going to play well? So I totally agree with that. And then my second last team, Gold Coast, panicking yet? Because I really, no, 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 I no, actually no. thought they should have beaten GWS. Yeah, so they've. They have looked really good, but GWS is another one of those teams that can come out and just you, look at the players they've got, and you just but go. I, I, I they agree are with do, you. They are so like the players they have can be absolute like the best players in the comp yeah, if they're I, up and going. I agree. And if Canelio's playing how he, he played, played on the weekend, yeah. they've got a Josh Kelly Canelio combination again. Of, Whitfield as well, but and he started looking a bit more like himself as well on the weekend. And if you got those three guys looking like themselves, with then the up and coming of Tom Green, Tim Taranto, then 
um, Himmelberg, Himmelberg up, up forward and um, uh, Jesse Hogan. Uh, is Hogan there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's he started Perryman as well. Yeah, but Hogan started once again. Hogan is now looking more like his demon self as well. And he he was all, he looked like that last year as well. No, no, but, no, no. He still wasn't the, that Hogan. Yeah, he was still still getting that like at Fremantle. He started to get something back. Then he moved it back to GWS. Started looking somewhat good again, and now this year he's looking. Starting to look even more like himself again. But you look at the players that played, and you, you just, all you had to do was go the games and then the draft position they got. It was very mm-hmm. similar. Yep. And I thought both teams were going on the up. Yep. But I'm looking at Gold Coast going, there was a game, if I was a Gold Coast coach, I would go, now nah, we could win this game. It's not like, oh, if no, we no, keep it close. Okay, I'm not saying. I've not, got my hazards. Yeah. On. No, so I'm not saying. I'm not saying that they. They shouldn't have won. They definitely very well could have won and should have should be aiming to win that game now. That that's still a bad loss for them because they still should be wanting to win it. And but, how they lost as well. But you've also got to look. They've lost King as well, who's their number one forward. Mm-hmm. And can and you look at you look at Max at Saints. Yep. And he is he's the turning point for them up forward. Yep. And if I'm if if you look at it like this. Ben was looking better than Max yep. last season. Yep. He would have had the same, if not the same improvements, and he would have still been better than Max right now. Yep. And then you add in a Chol or Casbolt. Yep. You, you've he said Casbolt's lifted. Yep. He's kicked, what, and, eight goals this season? But that's what I'm saying is that would then be the added bonus rather yep. than them filling in the spot of King now. Yep. So it's a massive loss up forward. But I'm not, I'm not making excuses for them because they still should be looking to win. That there's still the games that you need to win, but they've still got a lot of young guys up and coming. And yep. there's like there's been changes to their young to their young team of to um so yeah so still still changes to their young team of uh, Anderson going forward and stuff. So they're still just trying to throw things around, still trying to work out their team. So yep. um and then Took Miller getting tagged out by DeBoer doesn't help either yep. when when you're relying on him so heavily. Um, but one last one, and you're going to hate it. I'm going to hate it. Um, but Carlton, we've got to bring him up. All right, that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. I'm not here to talk about Carlton. We've got to... I've worked with, I've used to work with three Carlton fans, nah. and they, as soon as they beat Hawthorne by a point, mind you, it was by a point. They were up by 40-odd points, and they only won by a point. Yep. They were like, we're going to win the premiership. You know what? They did look. They did look um, like they were struggling for legs in the last quarter. They were really try. They really limped over the line, yeah. I guess. But in saying that, they're the games that they lose. They 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 are the games that Carlton Stop. in the last five Stop. seasons. No, Shut your mouth. No, in the last five seasons, Carlton have lost those games. The last fifteen years. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I was giving them a bit of a break. Last no, actually, they haven't played like this since '99. <laughs> since Judd, no, since Judd was there, they had some alright season. They had a couple of alright seasons when Judd was there. So, in the last five seasons, at least, oh, right, they they have lost. They have lost those games though, and they've they've failed to show that heart to get across the line. But they showed that they they are now. I think they are now over the point of being thereabouts or even just missing finals. I think I think they're finally tipped over to we're making the finals this season. So um, you've got to give them credit so far. They're 3-0. It's the first time I, I can't even remember the last time they were started 3-0 because they always lost round one to Richmond. So 
I can't remember. I don't think they ever haven't been a three and eight since ninety six or that's something. That's what like, like that, it'd yeah. be something. I haven't actually got the stat, but it'd be something ridiculous like that. Where Look, all I'm going to say about Carlton is the midfield is scary. Yep. The forward line is scary. But the person that's not getting enough credit is Pitnet. Yep. I think he's been dominant in the right. The forward line was always going to be scary yep. with the potential of yep. it, but now the other thing that's coming along is their back line because Weedering is becoming. But Weedering is now... That's the one thing arguing, I'm nervous. I agree, but you're going to argue, is he the number one backman in the league? Oh, 100% like, he is. He's Really? Oh, 100% he is. He he literally, on the weekend... Okay, uh, no, I'm, I'm I, intrigued. I, I, genuinely I, I reckon, reckon he's second. I genuinely reckon that he held up that entire back line in that last quarter. Oh, I don't... And he was did. playing on one leg. Yeah. He had a massive cork in his quad, and he was still holding... Like... I genuinely reckon, I'm pretty sure he was playing on either Gunston or Mitch Lewis, and they only got touches because he was guarding the other three people. <laughs> I, I genuinely believe that, because I, I can only see him and Doherty in that last quarter were the only ones that really looked like actually hurting Hawthorne going forward. Yeah. Like, they were the only ones that looked like they could stop them. They had a, I had a lot of swag, I'll give him that. But it, the... Them being the na- the number okay, one. who's who's the number who's the number one? I'm just one trying to think if about you think it. he's number two. I'm trying to think. If I completely honest, I would I like Stephen May. I don't think it is no. Stephen May. He's not he's not the number one. No, nah, but I'm a bit of a homer and I go with Dustin. No, I knew you were gonna say yeah. Dustin. I no, would no. Nah. The way he I'm he, telling you right now, Weedering, if you put it together like in one on one battles in Intercept marking in all of your defensive aspects, Weedering is your best backman. Well, I don't know, Stephen May's one. Mark my words, Weedering will be. Mark my words, Weedering will be the the all Australian fullback this season. I don't disagree with that. So Stephen May, Stephen May will get found out on, on um, what's it called on fast opponents yeah and it they they're slowly starting to figure out that they can get around that Melbourne yeah. defence I think so I think so too well they've been in the spotlight for a bit well, yeah quick break yeah we can have a quick break yeah alright Ash just to finish off the, the night I've got another topic of the AFL yep where it's the opposite of panic stations yep which was the last segment yep this one is up and about yep so obviously Obviously, I'd put Carlton straight in that. Yeah, you yeah. kind of ruined yeah, that, but it's of, okay. I kind of jumped jumped ahead, but yeah. yeah no, no, I I like it because I don't want to talk about Carlton, so yeah. I don't have to focus on it too much. <laughs> no, no. Didn't have to bring it up. <laughs> no, not as much. Um, up and about. Uh, yeah, you're up and about, holding your horses a bit, and waiting for the die-off. So yep. what I'll quickly just describe: waiting for the die-off is you're just waiting for things to turn around and go downhill really quickly. Yep. Holding it, going, oh, I'm not sure yet. And then up and about, if you're Carlton fans, you're up and about. My yep. first team I'm going to start with is Hawthorne. Um, oh, they're, they're a really hard one. Because, once again, they've got some players. They're, they're very similar. I'm going to put them and Collingwood on the exact same, in the exact same boat. Sam Mitchell is obviously... They've both got new coaches. They've both got completely new game plans. They've still got some very, very good senior players that are still able to compete at the level. It's not like they're aging out and they're struggling, but they've still got some A-list senior players. Then they've got some added young young guys that are playing really well, and that's where they very well may have the drop-off, but they also may not. Because they've got the older guys that can steer the ship, they've still got 
Um, they've still got the young guys, and they've got guys in in the reserves that are playing well to get into the team as well. Yeah. It's not like it's not like they just have those young guys and that's it. Yeah. So they've still got some depth as well. So that's where it's really hard for to to pinpoint both of those teams because I still think they're both going to finish lower on the ladder than what they're showing right now. But the the fight and the game plans that they've both come out playing is showing that it's standing up against the teams and if they can perform and their A-list guys can perform then they can definitely be around about the mark and yep. maybe sneak into a final spot yep. and exactly what we were saying it's going to be so close between probably now looking like from 5 all the way till probably 14 to maybe even 15 it's going to be that tight I think by the, by the end of the season with teams like Port Adelaide and Richmond yep. down down the bottom right now and very well could sneak wins against teams and it's it's could turn around Gold Coast can, can get wins against yeah. teams um, I don't know what other teams you have coming well, up well I didn't have Collingwood I didn't have Collingwood yep. my next team but, was going to be Swans yeah okay but Hawthorne Hawthorne and Collingwood I'm putting in the exact same boat they're sailing together yeah okay okay they're the exact same spot uh, Swans Swans, they're so they're, up up, they're up and about. Big the way they're big playing. time up and about. They they've got too many guys. They didn't even play well last weekend, and they still I only lost by eleven. I think they only lost by yeah ten points or whatever it Where was. They but, should have pipped it at the but end. But realistic, like they, none of their players really played well except for Heaney. Like in, in all, and even he didn't play yeah, that great. In, for in all teams. honesty, like that that like Josh Kennedy, Luke Parker, that they didn't play very really? well. So yeah, no, I, and, and they're still there about. So I'm still up I'm and up about. I'm still up and about for Sydney for sure. Um, my next one is Geelong, and now I say Geelong because I'm up and about for Geelong. Yes, because the way they came back in yep. recent years, that slow, methodical team play would yep. not hold up against that Collingwood would have won that game two years ago against the Geelong side. Yep, the way that Geelong fought themselves back, I thought. Yeah, I think they've turned the corner. This is the this can hundred percent be a flag winning team, and I yep. say that on the backs of how Dangerfield's bounced back, how Parfit has just developed. So you're saying that on the back of like my suggestion? Or? Shut up. <laughs> pa- I think Parfit's dominating. Reece Stanley was very good in the ruck. I'd never say Reece Stanley was good in the ruck. But he actually played awesome against Grundy. I thought Grundy was good in patches. He's a floating trash bag on a football field. <laughs> He's literally the detriment to that Geelong team. And it was not Reece Stanley that fought them back in. It was Blitzars going into the ruck for longer periods that fought them back actually, into the no, game. Actually, it was, it was Gaffhouse <laughs> coming off as a medical stuff. That too. But and Blitzar, Jeremy Cameron. Blitzars going in to disrupt Grundy in the ruck yep. and Stanley playing more forward. Definitely... Definitely well, changed when they moved to changed the game. forward as yeah, well. Exactly. Like, that, that that changed the game for good them. coaching win by yeah. Chris Scott. And that that's probably the one thing that Geelong can take out of it. Not so much as fans or anything like that, but also fans can take this out of it is Chris Scott has always been reluctant to make moves mid game. Yeah. And that's one thing and and you hear it a lot that you really want your players to grow. You really want your players to improve. But nobody says you really want your coach to improve. You yeah. really want your coach to grow. This could be a sign of Chris Scott growing as a coach and realising, I need to make changes faster. I need to make changes better. I need to pinpoint areas that we need to improve on at that time to change it to our favour and, and spin the momentum. And with how the season is right now, with momentum swings going off the charts... Yeah. You've got to be 
quick enough, good enough as a coach to make that change immediately to get the momentum to swing back as fast as you can to yeah. your way and then capitalise on it. All right, my next, I've got two more teams. I got two more teams. I'm not gonna add. I'm not gonna add that one because I, I know you're big on them and we talked about them already. You've uh, known enough. Yeah, no, we talked enough about them because I really. I've the last one you're gonna love. This one okay. not so much because we don't really like yep. them. But St Kilda, big win against Richmond, big win over against Frio. Oh. Are you up and about holding your horses? I'm holding my horses for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna wait for their drop off. But I'm also not up and about about him. I'm up and about. There's definitely one thing. Did you get Ricky's Snapchat? Um, Ricky's our big friend in Canada. Loves St. Kilda. I'm I'm 100% up and about on Max King. I I could (laughs) could honestly say that. I I love both of the Kings. He only got off the leash because Grimes went out. Yeah, 100%. But I'm still up and about on King because he still stands up when they need him. And that's the difference. Two weeks in a row now. Yeah, it is. So... That's that's where I'm up and about about him. I'm still very very Hesitant. wary of yeah. the Saints. I, well, I don't, Ricky Snapchat. I don't well, know. I got Ricky Snapchat at half time going. Why do they do this to me? They break my heart. And then they kick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Forty three points to nine or something like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah. My last team, and you're big on them. You picked them for mm-hmm. a very high finish. Yeah. Are you still feeling that with Freo? Hundred percent. Alright, now I'm they just... Once again... They've, they've, only, they've won against no ones. They have, but they, they didn't look very good in the first two rounds. They looked a lot better on the weekend. My VFL Collingwood side would look good against that West Coast team. <laughs> yeah. Let's be no, honest. No, no, but sometimes... I agree, West Coast... But they didn't just... They didn't just beat them. They, did, they, they demolished they, them. They, they demolished them. They had... It's, it's just a game that maybe you could get a bit more form into you guys... They got Tavern, they've got Taverner back now. They can really start m- working with their forwards now. They've still got Darcy and Fife. Um, I don't even know if Mundy played on the weekend. Um, I'm not sure. But you got those three guys, possibly, possibly at least two of them, to come back into the team after after a big win like that. In in the, in still still maybe be four weeks away. But if you can if you can keep a, half decent record until those guys your reinforcements of your star players can come back in and then Lloyd Meek can more go forward and then you add then you've got three guys or at least another guy fighting for a spot in the team and just add pressure to your pressure to your team and yeah and then you got all these guys coming in as well okay so the next three get weeks mm-hmm. they're pretty big for the Fremantle Footy Club I'm not yep. gonna lie this Saturday night at home so what are they now two and one two, two and one yep, yep. Saturday night against yep. a team that you wanted to talk about with GWS, which I'm refusing to talk about for now. <laughs> but that's huge yep. in itself. At Optus Stadium, they're at home. Mm-hmm. Saturday night game, yep. massive. They win that, they're 3-1. Yep. They're at home, so we'll say they'll win, okay? Okay, I'm not going to say they're going to win that because GWS, that's why... All right, I let's did, say they're 2-2 two two then, uh, yep. okay? Because the, the reason I say that is because that's why I did want to speak to about GWS because I did mention it a little bit before. But they've got the only thing I'm wary about them again is their backline. But if they can put it together in the midfield forward, I don't see a lot of t- like I, I can see them still being thereabouts with a lot of teams. Yeah. 
So there and was a crazy stat that got released about Liam Cameron. He's been in the finals five years in a row. Yeah, or but Leo, like that. I still think he's and, not a good coach. But he's won a finals game every year. Yeah, not many, not many coaches can say yep. they can do that. Yep. Well, if you have the team that he's got, you pretty you much you're pretty much driving a Ferrari, and yep. he sometimes forgets to put fuel in the car. All right. So <laughs> let's say GWS. That was good. That was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe missing a tyre sometimes yeah. as well. Bloody Toby Green's popped yeah. it again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they, next but week... He's, ne- still, he's ne- still not even there. Yeah, exactly. The next week they play... Freo play Essendon at Marvel. That's you would win. say they win. So yeah. then now they're 3-2. They're and two. And then round six, they've got Carlton at home on a yep. Saturday night. Which they play, they match up really well against Carlton, but once again, I'm not sure if their backline can handle Carlton's forward line, and that's where I think they very well. Once again, they could be they could be four and two, or three at, and three, or three and three. Wait, they, and then, and then they play Geelong, so they don't have a really an easy schedule. They play North after that, and they should destroy North. Then they play Gold Coast at Gold Coast, and then round. Well, 10. actually, realistically, they could be five and one. Yeah. They very well could be five and one, and that's that's at the time when they could start looking to getting Fife, Darcy, yeah, all these guys back. Yeah, you know, you're getting those guys, and you're four and two. You mean uh, like you're looking pretty good for the season? So yeah. that's where I look at it. Like you've got to be happy with with the with the team right now, and if you can improve on that, I which for- they very well could. I forgot to put out on when we did cover the NBA. Oh, so. For the next pod, just have a think who your uh, coach of the year is, okay? Yep. I've got a very good candidate for you. Very dark horse. I know he won't win it yep. because I think it's obvious who's going to win it. Yeah, famous coach. Yeah, Monty Williams. <laughs> yep. um, but have a think of Jason Kidd, what yep. he's done since yep. he's gone to Dallas. But right now, for me in the AFL, the coach of the year so far has to be um, the boss for me. That's just yeah. getting the Carlton bandwagon going on. <laughs> that's pretty, getting them going. Yeah, but, properly. But, properly without but any... You could also say that's the the recruiters win as well. No, no I, I disagree with that. Because they have they, they've, recruited. they've recruited hard in the last six years. No, no, they've recruited exactly what the team needed though this year. And that's what that's as much I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away from Voss, but they've They've recruited exactly what they needed to this year in going to stock up their midfield finally yeah, but with proper players, not, what happens if they not didn't get GWS started? rejects. Yeah, but what happens if they didn't get Sark? What happens if they didn't get Pintnet as that backup yeah. Ruckman that's oh, coming that's in? 100%. Like the re- but the recruiters have done that in the last yeah. two... That's been the two, last two, three years. And you're saying that GWS re- rejects. I'm pretty sure Kennedy, <laughs> Sutterfield, and Plowman have done... And Marchbank were pretty good pickups. Yeah, but they were rejects. They weren't getting a game there. That's why. Because GWS have... Ferraris. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, if but, you get cheap Ferraris, you get to buy them, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's true. It's just a shame they're from Bali. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, Ash, good episode. I, I love love having the AFL chats. I feel like we're a bit more natural with it yeah. because we're in our element. Yeah. But um, NBA, we're going to talk next time we talk. We're going to find out AFLW Grand Final. We're going to talk AFLW Rookie of the Year. AFLW probably Aaron yes. Phillips medal. Aaron Phillips medal. Finally, I might get named that. Yeah. So. Um, we're also going to talk about the playoffs because they'll be set in stone next week. Then yep. we'll talk about the NBL playoffs. They'll actually be set in stone. A few upsets galore in that. Yeah. Um, which we couldn't get touched on because this episode went for long. Yeah. And obviously, round four results because everyone loves the AFL. So, yep. um, good job by you, man. And um, till next time. Let's, let's hit it then.